Hey, hey, welcome back, everyone. This is the 40 Pep Podcast. I'm your host, Nolan Beck. And today's episode is called Engineered Success. So on today's episode, I've got an interview with Brian Trier. Um, he's the uh, VP of Global Operations or something like that. It's a really long name. He's been with the uh, Domino's brand for a while. Um, one cool thing about him is he started going to school to become an engineer. And he was working Domino's part-time, and he's turned it into a lifetime career. We kind of go into detail on what what his job is, some of his experience that kind of led him to his success, um, some of the decisions he made to become successful. Um, and he also talks about, you know, the technology in Domino's and where we're going with it and uh, why it's important to uh, make those adjustments to be able to uh, service your customers better, relate to your customers better, and make the job easier, uh, hopefully on all of us. Um, he talks about that family aspect again. Um, that's obviously a big thing uh, with with all of us, and how he kind of does it, um, and you know the support he gets from his family. So it, it's a really really good part one interview uh, with him. I wanted to start off uh, this episode with a fun fact. The reason I picked this fact is is I wanted to relate that to us as a, as a Domino's family. Did you know? that the Pando, also known as the Trembling Giant, is a uh, colony of an individual male quaking aspen. So quaking aspen is a type of tree, and then this Pando tree is what people think a bunch of singular trees with their own root systems, but they've actually discovered that it is one massive root system. So it's an acreage of all these aspen and they discovered that they all share the same root system and it is known as the largest living organism on earth. And and how I relate that to Domino's is you know we have Team USA in the corporate and we have all these other franchises and you know they may be one two stores it may be something like us where, you know, we're up in the 80s, um, you know, even larger. Um, but we all come from the same root system. We've talked about how most of Domino's owners started out as a CSR or a driver. They, they started out as an employee for Domino's and then kind of, you know, saw what Domino's was about saw the brand in a positive light and looked at it as an opportunity to become successful at their own business. But yet we all grow from the same roots. When you meet somebody from Domino's, a different franchise in a, you know, even in a different state, and, and I can attest, I've, I've worked in uh, four different states for Domino's, but we all have that same drive, that same mentality, you know, and Brian kind of talks about it. it's that work hard, play hard mentality. So I just I thought it was really, really cool that the largest living organism on the planet is a group of trees that have the same root system. And, and it's become the largest living organism, kind of like how Domino's with all these, you know, different sections we are the number one pizza company in the world right now because of our drive and our work ethic and, and our culture in, in the brand. 
you know, that has what has led us there. Brian talks about, you know, that mentality that we need um, to be successful in this business. And, you know, it's, it's something that you have to almost choose to do. You have to want it. You have to abide by the lifestyle and, and appreciate the lifestyle. And it's a different lifestyle. Um, so I hope you guys really enjoy the interview. Coming up is uh, obviously playoffs, Super Bowl, Valentine's Day is right around the corner. So we got the busy season still in front of us. Um, so I encourage you go out there, attack it, you know, plan it, execute it, get out there and know it's coming and be ahead of it. So without further ado, my interview with Brian Trier. But first, commercials. We interrupt your scheduled program to bring you an important message. Warning. Playoff season starts this Saturday. January 15th. Please seek shelter inside your stores. Please find coverage. Raiders, Bengals, 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Patriots, Bills, 6.15 p.m. Mountain Time. Sunday, Eagles, Buccaneers, 11 a.m. Mountain Time. 49ers, Cowboys, 2.30 p.m. Mountain Time. Steelers, Chiefs, 6.15 p.m. Mountain Time. Monday, January 17th. Cardinals, Rams, 6.15 p.m. Mountain Time. This will be a test. This was a message from your Domino's emergency broadcast system. We will now take you back to your regular scheduled program. It sounds like we got a busy weekend ahead of us, guys. Just make sure you don't leave your stores until the storm's over. Um, be that support for them. Be that coverage for them. All right, so without further ado, Mr. Work Hard, Play Hard, the interview with Brian Trier. All right, welcome back, everybody. This is Nolan Beck, and I am here with Brian Trier. And, and Brian, what's your position? I know it's a long name. I can't memorize it. Please tell them what you do. Officially Vice President of our Global Operations and Support Team. Okay. So that's it. What is that exactly? Yeah. So so we handle, we have 60 team members and we're based all over the world. The majority of the team are based here in the United States. And our position domestically in the U.S. is really around our um, you would have known it as the OER coaches. You would have known them as the trainers in Team USA. We manage the group that puts together all of the planograms and training here. Uh, we have a team that does activation here in the United States, so bringing things to, to life in the stores. 
And we have um, a group that manages our franchise development and FMS. That's the US-based team. And our international consultant team is really a training-based team based in our um, uh, offices out in Dubai and Amsterdam. And that group really manages our master franchisees training. So a very small group to manage the world, a very large group to manage the domestic side. All right, that's pretty intimidating. Is is that the position you started in, or how did you start in Domino's? Oh, long, <laughs> long time ago, once upon a once upon a star. Uh, no, I started in 1992 uh, in and um, Domino's in Montreal, store 10657. And uh, I'm Canadian, so you know we uh, we were in university at that point in my life. I was 17 years old. And I, I went over to the, the local Domino's and I just needed a job. I just needed some, some cash, right? You go into school, you're studying. I was studying engineering. And uh, I didn't want a job that's going to take away too much of my study time. And I didn't want a job that's going to be requiring me to think too hard. So I figured, all right, can't be that hard to make pizza. And so didn't have a car, so I never was able to drive. Uh, so I knocked on the door and the manager you know, walked in, gave me an application uh, on top of a 12-inch pizza box, as we used to do back then, and maybe they still do today. I filled it all out, and of course, the first words out of his mouth were, you know, can you start tonight? And that's <laughs> usually it, that's, right? Uh, that's, that hasn't changed in 29 years. Know, right? And so, you know, I, I got some old uniform and started making pizzas. Well, I didn't make actually pizzas. I dressed the pizzas. We had door slips back then. So I started off inside our business. Franchisee had four locations, and... Uh, at some point, I became a manager for them, and I, I changed out of uh, engineering. I left engineering and became uh, a manager of a store, Store 10650. So, so, so you left what you were going to school for mm -hmm. and decided to stick with Domino's. You got it. I was so convinced after working for the brand for a couple of years. Fell in love with the people, fell in love with the process, understood the opportunity to make money, understood that this was a growing business, and understood that I was the right type of character for it. And I'm sure you had people in your family that thought you were nuts. Oh, every one of them. Yeah. Every one of them. In fact, not a single one actually saw the potential that I saw because to them, Domino's was this place that delivered pizza. It's it wasn't a career, right? Yeah. It wasn't a global company. At that time, it wasn't really known as a global company. It was still really a U.S.-based company that had a few international markets. Mm -hmm. So, um, you know, and I had no idea that I would ever end up in international, but it was just a question of, you know, right now, I think if I can do this well and make good money with it, I changed over to a business degree and did night school so I can work during the day. And so I still wanted to get my degree, and I still believe highly in anyone who, who wants to get their education, wants to confirm all of the knowledge, all the theories. Domino's is the best Petri dish, the best lab you will ever have if you do a business degree, because every case study you ever think you're going to read you actually get to play out every single day in your store. And yeah. so whether it's team members or whether it's marketing or whether it's community involvement or finance, whether it's supply chain or technology or management of, of crisis, this is a typical Domino's on a good old Thursday or Friday. Right, right. Well, and, and now like your, your job I and mean, what you enjoy doing is, is kind of fixing problems that you see. And, and now you're doing it on a, a global scale pretty much. Um, that's that's pretty amazing. How how did you get to that point? Obviously, like you didn't just start out as an insider part time and then decide, you know what, I'm gonna change the Domino's company worldwide and I'm gonna be the guy. Like, how did you get there? Who helped you? Who who encouraged you? Um, what did what did you do to persevere through some of those obstacles? 
Um, you know, when I started, uh, the franchisee I was working for, he was only a couple years older than me, and uh, I have to say, you know, it was it was really him and his family that helped encourage me. His dad was part owner of the business, and um, when I went in there, you know, his dad was an engineer, so it was very inspiring to, to hear his story and understand, you know, from someone who was already doing what I originally had set out to go do. Uh, and he, he, he just said to me, he goes, look, you know, you can go be a very successful engineer, there's no doubt, but I think this is more your style because you're dealing in people, you're dealing in business, and you just get it. Um, I took over the store that was losing money. It was hemorrhaging cash. It didn't break even. It was doing about $4,000 a week Canadian in AWIS. That was its sales in 1992. And the deal was if I was going to... Um, you know, and this was brand new. We had cut that deal that came pretty much that night on the dinner table. Uh, I was going to get one third of all profits if I turn it around. And so I wasn't technically an owner, but I was definitely in on the game. Right. And so I still remember my grandfather saying, hey, Mr. Engineer, what's 30% of nothing? <laughs> and he kind of laughed and he says, you just, you just don't get it, kid. And I'm like, no, no, what you don't get is the full potential. I bought at the lowest possible price ownership. I paid nothing for it yeah. and it paid my university for the rest of my life. I was debt free from the day I was 19 years old and I've been debt free my whole life. And so, you know, those moments when you see them, you have to understand and if you believe in yourself and you believe in the system and you believe in the process, you're unstoppable. And that's what this brand taught me. And so always people just um, encouraging me. So we turned that store around. I had won every award Tom Monahan. Uh, was handing out every um, you know every gimmick he can throw at me. Uh, we had these things called you know the the golden challenge and the silver challenge. I have thirteen gold challenge hats. That's remember wow. remember how that works, right? Yeah. So that's I think it was thirteen weeks over the previous years. Thirteen weeks at at least fifty to seventy five percent same store increase. So we grew this business and it was doing twenty five thousand dollars a week when I was done with it. A couple years later. So so what did you do to the store to get that that switch that people. change people I took care of my people I hired in the people who, who brought their smiles with them I had a very different approach to hiring it wasn't just a, here's an application can you start tonight it was here's an application tell me why you want to join this company I want to give you something you want you to think about it and I want you to sell it back to me and people are like all I want to do is deliver pizza I'm like well all I'm looking for is great impressors I don't need I don't need you to deliver for me. That's just a task. I want you to be a great impressor. We used to call them GIs. And those GIs were our drivers. And so when you were hired, you're, you know, the application still said, you know, pizza delivery driver, but underneath in brackets it had GI, great impressor. Because I need you to impress my customers. And this was, remember, back in the days of analog, right? We didn't have digital anything. There was no right. social media. Right. You know, so you were the social media. You had to show up at the door when the, when the customer opened the door. You had to have the smile. You had to say your name. You had to say customer's name. And back then, we were the first store in Canada to have a computer system. So I was chosen as one of the first to take national systems to Canada. And they, uh, they said, well, if the engineer's going to figure it out, let's give it to the kid. <laughs> And so I remember taking the door slips away and moving to my very first printer, very first, you know, on, it was mounted to the side of the warming racks. And next thing you know, a, a, a dot matrix printer is printing yeah. out our receipts yeah. <laughs> instead of a tag. And all of a sudden, everyone could read everything on the tags. You didn't have to ask them, is that a seven or a one? Is it, right. what, what does that say? Well, let, let's talk about kind of the, the technology change because Domino's is, has definitely gone in head deep into getting on the technology bus and keeping up with the Joneses, right? 
and you're you've got kind of some influence on that um, with the new you know OAR coming out um, and what we're doing with load and go all of that has a lot of technology going into it why do you think that's been a driving force for Domino's to be so involved with the technology and bringing that kind of culture into our stores. Um, why is that change happening? Well, I mean, it, it began as a consumer-based change, right? When you think of the actual customer-facing technology. So you have customer-facing technology, you have store technology, and you have behind-the-scenes technology. Think of it through administrative tasks, right? So those are kind of the three layers we have. Um, and so when we first started, we started with customer-facing technology because we needed to drive our business. We needed to drive sales and volume. At the end of the day, the profitability of the business is the ultimate decider of whether or not we were going to grow as an organization. And so um, nothing happens until the phone rings. Well, now nothing happened until the internet started sending us Makeline you know, um, orders. Uh, so that's where we invested heavily and we used our, our resources and our, you know, we brought in the right talent and we brought in folks who were really smart about how to get our digital footprint bigger and better and smarter and use um, intelligence and data to make good decisions. You know, just the theory of A-B testing wasn't something that was commonplace when we started. Inside the stores, of course, Pulse, which replaced National Systems and Breakaway, Pulse was this, uh, at the time, a state-of-the-art point-of-sale system really designed purposefully for Domino's. It wasn't some other system that we were making work for us. It was a system we took that was an off-the-shelf system, and we converted it to be a Domino's-centric world. Point-of-sale systems come in a couple of flavors. There were a really good up-front-of-house, really good back-of-house, but there wasn't one that did delivery, back-of-house, and front-of-house really well. And that's why we developed Pulse. Uh, and so that's how we, we started to take, um, you know, this first steps towards being a leader in technology. Think through point of sale system. We were the first in the QSR industry space um, to really, uh, you know, basically unify all of our brands around the world, all of our, our master franchise brands around the world, and say, we're going to put you on a single point of sale system that talks one language. Uh, and uh, much to sometimes the uh, very difficult conversations around what is a zip code? You know, we had to actually convert the U.S. way of thinking to be more international. We had issues of where there was a comma in one country and a decimal in another country, <laughs> metric system here, non-metric system there, you know, inches and, 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 and um, you know, ounces. No one knew what an ounce was outside of the United States. Right. So, you know, these were things where we really had to learn very quickly. But today, fast forward and say that platform allowed us to be this global brand to get real-time data into our headquarters from around the world in multiple currencies. And, and that... I mean, all that data is is basically ammunition for us. It's power. Yep. Data is power. Um, let's talk a little bit about your job and how much you travel. You said you travel, you used to travel almost 200 days a year. Yep. Um, with COVID, that dropped down a lot, but we, you kind of expect to, you know, move, move back up a little bit. One struggle our, our GMs have, supervisors have... Um, Anybody in, in the leadership aspect in Domino's, the, a major struggle that they go through is time with their family and that work-life balance. And I always try to encourage them to make sure that if, if they have a spouse, their spouse is on board with what they're doing um, and, and trying to get them to understand 
what they are doing as a GM, it, like that's not the stopping point. Like they need to be striving. Once they're a GM, they need to strive for supervisor, and then they need to strive for for bigger, better things. And that they shouldn't accept that that's going to be their position their entire life. Even in a higher up position such as yours, you're still away from your family a lot. How do you how do you manage that balance? I, I'm assuming that's pretty tough. Yeah, let's unpack that. There's a lot there. Yeah. So let's go down to the GM side. I never took this job thinking one I was going to stay. I never. So I remember I was studying to be an engineer. This was a temporary job. I fell in love with the brand. To me, the brand is a lifestyle. It's not a job. If you think of it as a, as a job, then that's all it will ever be to you, and you will easily move when you no longer like the job. Yeah. But I fell in love with the lifestyle, and the lifestyle is a lifestyle of high rush. You know getting off the rush and finishing at midnight and going out with the gang to the local bar and hanging out after with everyone, all the crews from all the different dominoes. That's how we grew up in, in Montreal with all of our stores. And some of the stores that weren't even from the same franchisee, we'd always agree where we would meet. And by 1 a.m., the teams were there. And that's that's how we became a family. So, so my family was dominoes at that time, yeah. before I had um, a wife and kids. So work-life balance, yeah, it's tough at the beginning. There's no doubt. Uh, but but we always found time to play hard after we worked hard yeah. to the point where where we we would have team members show up at the at, before close and help us close so we can get to the bar that much faster that's <laughs> that's how you knew you were doing the right thing right right because people just people help each other out now fast forward a bit and you look through the lens of you know leaders I like to tell folks, okay, so this job can be anything you want. This lifestyle can be anything you want. You want you want a lifestyle in, in marketing with Domino's? We have a we have a position for you. You want supply chain? You're studying supply chain and supply chain management? We have a position for you. So if you're going to school and you're you're studying, whether it's full time or part time, and you work at Domino's, there's an opportunity for you in our brand. If you speak two languages, there's a really big opportunity for you in our brand. If you have two passports, there's a massive opportunity for you in our brand. So. Just think through that. I just, those little scenarios, and you're listening to this podcast and you're thinking, that could be me. You're right. I never said when I was 16, woohoo, can't wait to be the global operations support leader. <laughs> right. I didn't even know what that was. Right. In fact, we didn't even I have that say, until I showed up. Yeah, yeah. It didn't exist. Um, so, so at Domino's, you know, follow your heart and follow your dream. And if it's not for you, that's okay. If for you, all you want is something that Tuesdays and Thursdays, Wednesdays or Fridays, whatever it is that you just work a couple of hours to make some dollars, that's okay. We need people like that too. But when we do find the folks that really fall in love with this brand, ask a lot of questions, want to, what's next? What can I do more? How can I be involved? How can I get that person's job? You know, for me, it's always, well, who's, who are you training to replace you? That's the first question I ask. And as soon as you got that person, I'm ready to move you to the next place because that means you figured it out. And so, you know, we would promote up and we would give them the next set of challenges. And we would always take the time to say, all right, if you've got a spouse, if you've got a girlfriend or a boyfriend, um, our opportunity to do events when we did team events, Christmas parties or, you know, beach days or days off, we would have rotating stores take a day off and take the team out and another store would fill in that team shifts. Yeah. So that's typically how we would do, you know, events. And so we would do events by store. So the stores can come together on a, on a, on a Saturday morning. We do, you know, an event somewhere in the morning for a brunch. Um, and, and some other crew would go step in and actually go work the opening shift before the team would come back in. Um, when we did the Christmas parties, we would purposefully close every store in the company at 7 p.m. That was it. And it was a Monday. And we would shut down at 7. And that was, that was you know, a couple of weeks before Christmas. 
And you can think about that. It's a busy time of the year for us. For everyone's running around, but we insisted on making sure bring your bring your better half. Bring your best friend. We don't care who you bring. You're a plus one for every, every employee was plus one. And we would rent out a, a nightclub or a, or a bar and we'd bring everyone in. We'd feed them. We'd do awards. We'd hand out recognition. We'd have each of the GMs say a few words in front of their crews. Because that's what it takes to be, you know, a, number one. Yeah. So so that's how we dealt with it at the ground floor level. At well, the, I love how you said everybody had a plus one. Because I've, I've worked in four franchises and... and uh, you know, we've had those Christmas parties, but my wife was never allowed to come or, or you know, the person I was dating was never allowed to come. And I think, you know, when that happens, they feel left out and they're our biggest supporter, right? Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to have fun with everybody that we talk about all the time, that we have these great times with all the time. And then they get kind of left in the dust. And I think that's kind of a conflict that a lot of GMs, have is you know they talk about their family at work and how much fun they have and they stay late to make sure they're good and helping them out and 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 the spouse or you know the family at home feels a little left out and and I encourage you guys like continuously talk with your family on what's going on and include them in what you are doing because what he's saying is this is a lifestyle and that was the when I met my wife for the first time before we were even dating we we were just talking we're talking in my car and we were just talking about who we were and and what we were about and I told her I was like I'm Domino's for life like this I I love this job I left Domino's twice once for UPS and once for extermination company and I always went back to Domino's because I loved the team aspect of it and being able to have fun and yes, work hard, play hard atmosphere. And so I, I told her I'm Domino's for life. So if we're going to do this, you need to understand what this lifestyle is because you're going to be a part of it. And and she's been my biggest supporter and she's even joined the team. Um, she's an assistant manager out uh, at 7610 right now and she used to be the GM. Um, she's now going to school um, to become a teacher because she, that's what she wants to do. That's awesome. Um, and and I, I, I laugh because I tell her all the time, what do you think a supervisor is? I'm a teacher. Every day I, I go out and I try to teach. But she wants the little kids. She, she really likes the little kids and she has the patience for them. So. <laughs> and that's the best part about this job is it does let you have this other world if you really want it. It doesn't have to be all day long, 24 hours a day. Yeah. That's certain, you know, certain posts in this job that of course you're, you're always on. I mean, in my world today at my level, I'm on all the time. I've got a global um, workforce. I've got a global set of customers that are calling me at every hour of the day because for them it's always nine o'clock in the morning somewhere in the world. Mm-hmm. Um, I would say that, you know, one thing to think about as you're, as you're listening to this is uh, first of all, believe in yourself. That's the first thing. Know that you're always going to have someone on your team help you. That usually is going to be your supervisor or your franchisee. So it's in their best interest to help you. So let's just start with that. Second, you need to find someone else that's not your direct line of command to have someone to talk to openly. So find whoever that other person is. Maybe it's a buddy working in another brand, or maybe it's just a best friend, or maybe it's uh, at another store, it's another GM or another AM. But find that one other person that you can just open up to. You need to do that pretty quickly because if you don't, you have no way to express yourself 
to have a conversation, to check in with reality. And then, of course, there's your, your spouse or your better half if you've got one and a partner uh, in life. And, of course, you have to confide in them and, and, and take the time to bring them on the journey. Failure to bring them on the journey usually leads to a failure of understanding why you're doing this. To them, it's still you working at a place. Um, I, I always say when I teach a leadership class, you know, when I talk to franchisees, just remember that people work at Domino's, but they work for you. 100%. And that is a very big statement. You have to realize the separation between the two. I work at Domino's, but I work for my boss. Because you don't actually really quit Domino's, you quit your boss. Mm-hmm. So, you know, at the end of the day, if you have that mentality, you're always going to remember your boss has you in their best interest. They want to help you grow, but you have to want that more than they do, right? He, he or she is not going to promote you if you don't want to be promoted or you don't present yourself as being able to be promoted. Right. And that is part one of Engineered Success. I hope you guys enjoyed it. I know my time with Brian was was definitely influential um, and I learned a lot from him and I hope you guys are as well Um, next week I'll have part two for you guys Um, but please send me your reviews on what you guys thought of the episode and uh, give me some suggestions on people you want me to interview uh, things you want me to go over and any recognition you guys want for some of your GMs or uh, employees drivers out there uh, going above and beyond Um, I know we got a lot of them out there with with COVID going on we got a lot of people stepping up so um, they deserve some recognition too so please please uh, send me uh, your emails and and let me know Um, that was the 40 pet podcast this week I'm your host Nolan Beck Uh, you can reach out to me at 40 pep podcast at dpzwest.com that's the number four zero pep podcast at dpzwest.com Have a great week this week. Uh, Be ready for the playoffs and uh, be good out there.